What's going on out there, everybody? Welcome to another Addicted Fishing Podcast. And you know what? I hate to break it to you guys, and this is not funny, but it is funny. But I know last week, Marlon came in, and he's like, you know, I'm going to be doing more of these podcasts. I got my voice back. Everything's good. And now he's, like, violently sick from the flu. So (laughs) no Marlon tonight. So I'm Ryan Solo here, but we've got Mr. Jason Hamley and Steve Lynch from Procure, our Procure experts on everything bait, scent, oil cure related and we're talking some spring chinook herring prep because it's march 1st last i checked it's springer season it's game on it's go time yes so you're right it is go time and i can tell you what it uh i was out there fishing today i was doing some steelhead stuff but it was sunny it was nice and i got a text from a guy who had a dead springer on his boat which is great because the day before he'd send me a text with a dead springer in the bottom of his boat. And then the day before that, he sent me a text with, and I think Clint's looking at me like, I know who he is. He's, he's, he's the real, like one of the real OG herring guys, but yeah, he's literally killed three in three days. And I know like Eric bear, like fisherman's Marine was talking about like him killing three in three days. Like, well, this gentleman, he, he, I know he doesn't want to be mentioned on here, but uh, behind. So I know there's some fish. And they're getting caught right now. How much bait? How much bait and brine are you guys selling right now, huh? Oh, it's it's always a busy time of year for us. This is when everybody's doing the load in for spring. Load ins like for the, uh, like the fishermen's marines, the bobs, the sure. sportcos, all yeah. the sportsmen's warehouses and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. if a guy's using basic herring out of a package without prepping it, I, I mean they're wasting their time. I mean there's so few fish right now. You need to make the best of it. So you really got to supercharge your herring and make it different. You know, make it appeal to the fish. You can drag it around for six or seven hours. You know, out there are four guys in a boat. And then, like you said, there's a guy right next to you pounding fish. He's doing something different. So that makes sense. I mean, you're not getting a lot of bites. You know, you're not running and gunning. And, you know, well, let's be honest, unless you do a really good job of curing your or brining your herring, like guy hooks a fish, the other guys rip their rods in and they lose their baits. <laughs> you know, then you got to bait those guys up. But if you're not in that process, like you're just drowning a freaking worm that doesn't smell very good to the salmon yes so you guys are selling a bunch of bait selling a bunch of brine getting ready for obviously the spring season but what are you guys recommending right now because you guys got um you guys got a couple different ways to skin that cat obviously you've got the brine and bright the powder i mean i know we talk about that usually in depth i started using that last year and not that i started using it but but i kind of had this like mentality a few years back where you know, I mean, that's all I used was your guys' brine and bite and cup plug herring and triangles, right? And just like everybody over the last few years, going to the plastics, going to the 360 flashers, going to all of those, stuff, like trying to like really reinvent that Springer wheel. Well, then last year I said, you know what? Like I'm tired of kind of chasing my tail. I mean, we're catch you catch fish on anything. There's Springers, right? They do bite pretty easy, like for the most part. But I can tell you what, like last year I said, you know what? I'm going back to back to OG Right and bite, couple like herring. I'm not screwing around with anything else. If conditions get wonky, I'll, I'll start running some big whole bodies, start doing some bladed stuff, you know. But the conditions stayed pretty mild last year. The temperature stayed low. And I tell you what, going back to that good old cup like herring, broke your brine and bite. I probably had one of my best years I've had in a long time. I think a lot of people did, but like collectively, like with the guys that I fish with, like I had a really good year. And I attribute a lot of that to just kind of getting back to basics, having good, brined, uh, correctly scented, durable herring, and then just maximizing any of those times that you pass one of the very, honestly very few fish 
with those springers that are you know swimming in the Columbia. Like you want to make sure that when that bait goes by, you know it smells good and it looks good. Correct. And your guys' stuff is doing that. Yeah, it does a good job if you're with the brine of keeping the scales on, right? That way, you know, you control that bait. You know, usually I'm checking the rods every 25 to 30 minutes, make sure there's no grass or anything, either re-injecting the bait or replacing the bait. But if you keep good fresh bait on, there's probably brine. Yeah, you'll out you'll outfish the boats next year, you know, nine times out well, of ten. Yeah, there's no question. I know a lot of guys, like, I mean, I used to do kind of just the, the table salt, you know, but you guys have, you know, amino acids. You guys got your magic juju fairy dust in there. Correct. But it does, like, like I said, at, over the over the course of a season, and like, like I said, was, I mean, don't get me wrong, like the guys I fish with are sticks, <laughs> like they're sticks. But I think that that definitely makes a difference. There's a reason why you guys sell so much of it, and it doesn't take long to do. You know, guys say, oh, it's a pain in the butt to brine it. It really doesn't take much time. You know, you get home at the end of the day, you mix a jar with two quarts of water, pour it into your, you know, your bait tubs, put your bait in it. You know, it sits in six to eight hours. And then I remove it from the brine solution, just put up in baggies with a little bit of solution in there and then put them standing in the cooler so you have three different colors of baits if you want it and no big mess in the boat. But as long as you're keeping them cold, right, they'll last you that day. And then at the end of the day, you put them back in the brine solution, throw them back in the fridge. And you can use your bait over and over. Yeah, that's one thing you were telling me last year, um, you know, using this. I mean, you, for those out there that don't know, like we're talking the brine bite powder that's in the 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 little white containers with yellow labels. Um, But you guys also do some liquid, Brian. And so I think, you know, this method and some of these things that they're going to say, because you're talking about like pulling the bait out, freezing for a couple days, and then like bringing it back to life back in the brine. Yep. I started, you told me that last year, sitting over there in the studio at the live feed. And I'm like, I had a couple days where like I did a couple early days and then I had a couple days break. I had to go back to steelhead. And I'm like, well, you know, I shoot, I got, well, I mean, it's early springer fishing, right? So it's not like I went out and caught, five which like every other guy's gonna say they did but i sure as hell didn't right so you go out you have a couple bites cool you still have like three trays of bait but it's like well, i'm not gonna go fishing for three or four days i'm like oh, i'm gonna take those out put them in a i took them out of the brine i'd put them into the ziploc bag just kind of roll them up just kind of yep. keep them nice and gentle and just kind of slide them nice and flat in the freezer don't just chuck them in there baby them take care of them um and then like okay i'm gonna go out fishing today got a couple guys i'm like well maybe i'll Put a do a f- tray of fresh, but I'm gonna bring that stuff just to see. I'm gonna throw it back in the brine or back in some of the stuff. It looked and fished and caught fish just as good as the fresh stuff that I pulled and did the day before. And we have some guys just say it fishes better the second day. It, it's tougher without yeah. question. I it, think it fishes better the second day than the first day. So the main thing is don't throw your bait away. Right? right. If you've kept it cold during the day, you're not yeah. throwing your bait away. And saving you money, right? I mean, so that ball of brine, you know, with that that twenty ounce container will do up to ten trays of bait. Uh, so th- you don't need to refrigerate the brine up until you put bait in it. But once bait's put in it, then it needs to be refrigerated. But if you keep your bait cold, you can you can fish it. You move it at the end of the day, freeze it. If you're not going to fish till the following weekend, leave it in the freezer till the night before. Pull it out, put it back in the same brine, and it rehydrates and it looks beautiful. Yeah, and it, it fished, and you, you you talk about it being tougher, and I remember, like, thinking, because a lot of times, you know, you overbrine bait, you know, you don't keep it the coldest you should after about day two, day three, four, well, maybe not day two, but, like, day three, four, like, it starts getting, like, soft, and when you start doing your cuts, like, the belly start yeah. pulling, and, you know, just kind of, it gets a little, a little more finicky, but yours, like, did not, like, it fished very, very, very well, um, 
And what was also funny is like, so at the end of like a long period of time, I always like, you know, if I've ran bait for a couple, two, three, four days, maybe like, and I, usually by that time I'm just bringing it as backup just, yeah. just in case. But, but then when it's like past, it's like prime, like, you know, your, your day four or five, it's pretty shriveled or it's getting soft, whatever. Um, I was taking it and I throw it in a big Ziploc bag in my freezer and I was saving it and I'd bring it out bottom fishing. Oh, I'd bring yeah. it out ling cod fishing. Yeah. And man, I was taking this bait out, you know, ling cod fishing, like, you know, three months later, pulling it out of the bag, like, man, that still looks like good. Like <laughs> it's still like this could actually, this would actually still probably catch a springer even at that point in time after yeah. it had been frozen for another couple months. It's amazing stuff. Once you freeze it, it doesn't break down anymore. But if you were to just leave in the refrigerator, you know, after five days, it would start getting soft yeah. and deteriorating. That's that's the key. If you're not using the next day, like you said, put in a baggie, roll out the air as much as you can, throw it in the freezer, and you can pull it out the next week yeah. and rebrine it, and it'll be perfectly good for fishing. Dude, and I, like I said, that saved me a lot of money. Like, oh, it yeah. really did. And we're, you know, and I definitely don't go, like, <laughs> definitely don't go out to the days, like, bait pour, right? I usually bust out a bunch of trays of bait, but it's like, man, there's just a lot of times I was like, shoot, oh, we only trolled like this part of the tide. Then the tide started burning real hard. So then we threw out the anchor and yeah, I might've ran some bait on the anchor, but it's like, well, shoot, I only used like you know, <laughs> a tray and a half of like the five trays I pulled out. And it's like, oh, well that's kind of silly. But yeah, with doing that process, you guys told us last year uh, in the live feed, that was, that was pretty key to my season cool. um, and, and utilizing, you know, a lot of good bait with, you know, good scent and good durability. Uh, what's in it? Well, the main ingredient is salt, <laughs> right? That's the main ingredient is fine sea salt. Oh, I tried, I tried. And then guys. there's 25 percent other fine other, powders. What, what's the other fine powder? Yeah, I'm not allowed to say. But there's can, some compounds can, in can, there. Can and, you tell me off the air? No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I just I just know where I can get it, so that's all I care about. But I tell you what, like I know, um, you know, I know. Then you guys have the liquid brines too, and then some with okay. the colored stuff. Correct. You know, anything you want to do differently. With you guys make the blue, you make the chartreuse, and then the clear. Correct. And those, those are the main. We have we have the dyes for like three other colors, but those are the, the primary main colors for Springer is the natural, the chartreuse, and the blue. Uh, and that you do the same thing. Shake it up well and pour it over your bait. That's It's idiot proof. There's no mixing. You just shake it up, you know, put your bait in the tray and pour it over, you know, in, in whatever Tupperware container you're using or whatever container for your bait. And if you put your bait in it when it's frozen, as it's thawing, mm-hmm. that's when it draws in all the salts and the dyes and the amino acids. But yeah, same theory. If you remove your baits from there at the end of the day from fishing, put them in the freezer, and just keep. You've, once your bait's been in that brine, you need to keep it refrigerated. You can't let that just sit in no. the cupboard. <laughs> but once it's no. once you've had bait to it, keep it refrigerated, and you can throw your bait into it a week later and recharge them. Uh, you know, after they've been in the freezer, so. It's just, like I said, you're just taking a trade bait. The guys open them up and fishing those without putting anything on it. It's, yeah, it's it's a waste because those baits are bad in, in a matter of a few hours, and you're just throwing them away. Yeah, usually what I do on my process with that is, like, I'll take, like, a bag out, take a case of herring out of the freezer or a flat of herring out of the freezer, poke a hole in it so you don't, you got to break the seal on yeah. it because if you don't, then as the bait sits there and defrosts, it starts drawing and sucking the blood yeah. Um, out of the baits so you poke a hole in it and then the second that it releases from um, the styrofoam and from the plastic the second it starts to release like i'll take it out at that point in time like you don't want to pull on it you don't want to like break it apart in your hands break the individuals in hands and then i'll get it and i have this like little flat tote 
uh, for Troy, where I can actually like literally put trays of herring in, like okay. the amount of brine, so I don't have to sit there and break them apart. And so you talk about like putting your frozen bait, you know, in there to make sure that it's like there's not a level where like the outsides maybe defrost and start to get soft before you start getting the preservatives sure. added to it. So if you throw it in there when it's still really cold or really frozen, as it's defrosting, it's drawing in those That's salts, right. and so you're never getting that point in time where um, you know the bait's not being preserved. Right, so that's what I try to do, um, and then I do that, and then shoot, I don't seem to have, a, <laughs> don't seem to have a problem catching them after that. Like I said, not having good durable bait, especially now with this year, uh, it sounds like some of the bait sizes um, are going to be pretty tough to find. Some of these like oranges and reds and All stuff, the smaller stuff, mm-hmm. uh, lots of greens, lots of greens. It's funny how one year there's no green, next yeah. year there's millions of green. Yeah. It's, yeah. I listen. I listened to my bait distributor, and he told me, "Oh, Patrick Gaffney, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you know, he's like, there's not going to be reds next year." And like back in September, he's like, "Do you want a case of reds?" I'm like, "Yeah, I want a case of reds." <laughs> so I got a case of reds, but I'm going to covet those. I'm going to be damn well using that uh, the brine and bite, no question. What um, what are we doing for scents? What are you guys? What are your favorite like Springer scents? You guys make obviously a ton of gels, a ton of oils. Like, what is the if I had one go-to, it seems like uh, pure anise is pure anise. So in the little the little glass vial jar, yeah. mine would be anise bloody tuna, anise Hands bloody down. tuna. The That's oil, so the you, oil for injecting bait, or right. if we're using spin, spinners, right? I'm mm-hmm. using the gel. But the first scent I grab every morning is, is the anise, bloody, anise tuna. bloody tuna. But you're not you're not taking a bloody tuna and adding it. You're doing your own like yeah. We we sell an anise bloody tuna, yeah. and then the the plain bloody tuna, then the garlic. Bloody tuna. Yeah. So we have it three ways. Oh no, I wanted I wanted to ask for the viewers because I can tell you like Anna's bloody tuna, like like for fall chinook, uh, on certain soft baits that are made of fish ovaries, yeah. like <laughs> really, really, really do good. So that's yes. why yeah, that's my favorite, one of my favorite uh go to scents, no question. But oh, what's your favorite scent? Anise. What is my favorite scent? Honestly. So what my favorite scent? She's I'd probably say like two drops of your pure anise. Yep. Um, for down here, but honestly, down in the lower Columbia, I kind of do like a little L naturel. Like I like to do a couple drops in the anise, um, as we move up into the river, as you get into like, uh, the channel, then it's like, then I think it turns into a little bit more garlic shell, yeah. like kind of mid April, later into April. Yep. Um, we'll do a little bit of that, but, um, no, I'm, I'm kind of the anise guy or at least the, the straight herring. And then I'll, if I'm using anchovies, I use a lot of anchovies and I use the same, you know, bright and bright procedure with my anchovies as well. Like I'll actually take that, um, you know, the anchovy oil that you guys make and just put it into the anchovies because I think like those anchovies, like when you like cut a cup like herring and you like throw a head in the water or whatever, you see like oil. Yeah. Blood up. I don't think you get that as much from an anchovy. They don't not, have near the oil content that the herring does. Yeah. And you don't cut their heads off either. So like a lot of times I'm fishing them whole body. So I like to, I like to add a little extra anchovy oil and everything into that, into the brine and into inject it into the fish. Nice. Especially because I feel like sometimes I'm using those more on anchor than anything else. But. And if I'm using anchovies for bait, I add a little extra salt to my brine just because the bellies blow out on you pretty quick. So I would add like a quarter cup of just like sea salt or any non-iodized salt. And that'll, that helps with the anchovies firm them up. But for herring, sardines, you don't need it. But for if I'm strictly going to use an anchovy bait, I will make it a little saltier on the brine. Oh, that'll make, that'll help. Because hmm. I was using, like, the brine bite out of the ocean, 
obviously yeah. to preserve our anchovies, you know, the what the stuff we get fresh, um, you know, the stuff we get fresh. I used to just like salt, just like everybody yeah. else, but like honestly, I was doing so good with the brine and bite in the uh, in the river. I figured, well, shoot, I mean, they're Ocean Coho. Like, I get it. Everyone's listening, like, oh, yeah, right. Like, Ocean Coho eats anything. Well, they do. They really do eat anything, except for when the days are tough. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's then right. you, and then you need to have like primo bait. You need to have primo spins on your bait. You need to make sure that it's durable. Um, I started using the brine and bite, but yeah, you do kind of tend to fight like that soft belly thing with the, um, you know, with the, with the anchovies yeah. and, and it's help. not, and it's not because like, you know, the bait's bad or anything. I think it's just the, they're just inherently softer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'll, I'll throw another, you know, half a cup of salt in there, brine them up with the brine and bite. Be a good way to go. What other baits are people throwing around down right now down for springers? What do you think? Well, early in the season, most guys, well, that are prawn spinners, and there seems to be the mainstay. As the season progresses and the water warms, then you see more people transitioning over to the super baits and stuff like that. But The plastics? Yeah, spin what, fish. What about the plastics? Let's talk about that. So, I mean, everyone's, you know, throwing that can of tuna in there. What are you guys putting in your tuna these days? The We use a lot of the fish nip. Fish nip, yes. Yeah. Yep. And then so, we'll, we'll just add oils and... Bite stimulants to that additional additional stuff. So and the fish nip is pure tuna, right? That mm-hmm. that we you know the bloodline, and so you know we preserve it. Then we're adding the bite stimulants. We're adding krill. We're adding everything to it. But then, in order to give it a two-year shelf life, we're we're drying it a bit so it doesn't mold. So what a guy needs to do is before the, the night before they're going to fish is open it up and put a little oil on it, whether it's tuna oil, herring, anchovy, any type of oil. Well, well, soften that up. And I tell you, they keep that cold. That'll last six weeks in a Tupperware container. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because I do notice, like, the fish nip is a bit drier. I never really added oil to it because I was like, oh, there was, you know, it's got all the good stuff in it. And it probably has the same thing that you guys put in every single one of your products, all the monster bite stuff. It, it does. Yeah. It's loaded with the bite stuff. So, but just, uh, yeah, so I normally would take, like, a tuna oil and mm-hmm. put it in it and then break it up and put it in the Tupperware like container. Tuna oil. Yeah, just the bloody tuna oil. And it's bloody tuna. Yeah. So, what's your favorite? Just tuna oil. Like, what's your favorite scent? Like fall fish. I would say. Does that that change? Yeah, it changes with the season. It it does change. I mean, I still a believer of the Anna's tuna, so I probably every morning start with that. I I really do. But then I switch up. I mean, especially when the water temperature warms up a bit, the salmon slammer. That's a garlic based scent. That's phenomenal. Those are opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Well, you yeah. probably have like natural fish oils and then you have anise stuff and they have garlic stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and don't have, I have no reason why they bite the garlic, but they, I do know. Oh, I know. Do. No, there's no, there's times when we're running, when we're wrapping plugs and fishing a little later on in the spring that I'll just say it, it's screwed. If you don't have garlic on, you're like four to one missing out big time. And if you're wrapping plugs, we have the garlic slamola that you can be sprinkling on your wraps and That'll help firm up the wrap and it'll last no, longer. And no one should use that ever. No, no it's bad stuff. No. So yeah. now you're talking chemical stuff though too. So for a guy, like I know we want to keep this about Springer. So like you're talking about chemical additives like Slamola. We talked about Monster. We, we mentioned Monster Bite. I mean, for the guys that are gearing up for Springer season, you know, getting ready, getting their herring game, you know, their early season on, is there any of those stimulants that they should be picking up or thinking about? Well, yeah, they're doing their own brine because there's, there's recipes for making your own brine. If you're using your own salt, distilled water, right, and rock salt or whatever, I recommend using a fine salt because it'll do a better job of absorbing the bait. Rock salt is it's slow to dissolve, so it's firming up bits and pieces of your bait instead of the whole bait. So use like a finer sea salt. But then I would be putting our monster bite in it 
because that's that's you know yeah. the, the white stimulant. So you know a quarter of a teaspoon of that per batch of brine. Well, a well, well, quarter teaspoon per batch of brine. Yeah, how for, big is a batch? So a batch. Of, so I would say you know for like a, a one quart uh, Tupperware container or smaller. One quart. So yeah. a quarter teaspoon. That's pretty to potent one stuff. Quart. Yeah, you don't need to put a lot in. Yeah, you told me like a lot. I just want. I was real curious because you know I always kind of take it. I probably sprinkle more than that. Like when I add it to some of my egg and prawn stuff, <laughs> but I know, like you were talking about, like this when when you were looking at the studies, like didn't you guys go and find that bison yeah. of Canada or yeah, something? Yeah, that was purchased out of Canada. Yeah, and like you were telling, like they put the fish in the pond, like nothing happened, and then they put a little bit of this stuff in the water, and it was just a minute amount, and it was just like light switch. It's like they're on crack. Right, for 15 <laughs> seconds, they like, went. Okay. Well, I mean, just on crack. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> they, they went. They went absolutely nuts for yeah. for 15 or 20 seconds, and they milled back to their corners of the of the tank, and they threw in different ingredients, mm-hmm. and they come back to this one, throw it in, and they came from all four corners. It was nuts. So we were, and that's why that, and that's why, like, so when you're talking about making your own brine, like that monster bite isn't every single product. I would I'd put in every you bet on all of our no, oils we get, put it yeah. in. So if you're doing a homemade brine, I would add that to your homemade brine. Yeah, just something to think about out there, folks. Yeah. If it, that's pretty powerful stuff, like I said, I've always found that really interesting about your guys' products. That that, yeah. Well, if it works, right? Yeah, and we've done tests with it. I was just playing around when you get like to a, to a crick and you get the head of the crick and the bite slowed down. You load your eggs up with the monster bite, pitch it out there. You may not get bit. But a guy, two guys down for you, all of a sudden hooks up instantly. And you know what? It's funny. I, th- I know one time we mentioned that on a live feed, and like someone was like, "Yeah, I have seen that happen so many times in salmon holes. Yeah. Like three guys, no one's getting anything. One guy comes in with the right scent that like permeates yeah, the water, and, and then all up. of a sudden, like everyone's like, everyone's catching them. But it was because what that guy brought That's to right. the party. Yeah. There's some analogies I can make there, but I'm just not going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully that was something for you guys to think about. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, I want to make one quick announcement because on March 11th, we are doing our spring drop. And I do have four of those guys that are steelhead looking for those damn landing nets because we promised it to them. And we were going to blame Mustad every day for not shipping those for the sportsman shows. But I guess we physically have them in our warehouse right now. Like they're down there. We have them. They will be available on the drop on March 11th at either whatever time we decide the drop is. I want to say it's 7 or 7.30. That's right after the Addicted Life on Sunday, uh, March 11th. So something to keep in mind. Steve, Jason, thanks for coming in. We got a live feed to do, and we'll hopefully talk to you guys next week. Great. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Later.